Hello, April Lopino, Vice President of Human Resources, also Keeley Life Leader, here to welcome you to this section of Keeley Life Podcasts. These podcasts are designed to have conversations surrounding our mission of sustaining a culture of health and well-being for all Keeleyans and their families, as well as supporting our pillars of HEAL, where we focus on mental health, physical fitness, nutritional habits, and financial well-being. This is where we take a deep dive in discussing the total well-being of each and every one of our Keelians and how we make a path to a better version of themselves. We want to take this opportunity to provide resources to all. So please sit back and enjoy. Hi, everyone. This is April Lobano. We're back with another episode of the Keely Life podcast. Today's episode will be focused on our physical health pillar, where we will dive into the topic of physically distant, not socially distant. Today, we have the privilege of talking with Melissa Swank, MPH, NBC, HWC. Melissa obtained her degree in biology and has her master's in epidemiology. She's worked in cancer research for 10 years before switching gears to work in childhood obesity prevention. She recently became board certified through the National Board for Health and Wellness Coaching, Melissa uses motivational interviewing, the trans-theoretical model of change, and positive psychology techniques to help clients reach their personal health and wellness goals. This episode, again, will focus on this physical pillar. So, Melissa, we are so excited to have you on. Welcome. Thanks so much, April. I'm super excited to be here and to talk about this. Right. I mean, we are in the presence of someone that has great knowledge on the subject and just appreciate taking a few minutes out of your day. So we're going to jump right in because we want to hear you speak more. So um, as, as everyone's aware, social connectedness is on everyone's minds today. We typically think about eating well and exercising as the key components for wellness. Why is it important though to switch gears and maybe consider our relationships as part of this? That's a good question, April. A lot of times when people talk about physical wellness, they're really thinking about physical activity, right? How much activity we get and the direct relationship it has on your well-being. And it certainly does have a strong one. But a lot of other components of your life and lifestyle go into the health and wellness of you as a person. Obviously, um, also nutrition, what you eat goes into it. But less tangible things as well go into it. Um, Some research has suggested that your emotional well-being uh, may be even more impactful on your wellness than obesity, smoking, or increased blood pressure. So whether or not it's per, it's um, above and beyond those, it's certainly a, in the same stratosphere as being crucially important to um, being a whole and well person. Um, I'm sure you could talk on, um, for days on that topic. Yeah. <laughs> So, so, so as, as we think about it, right, so keeping that social aspect um, into play, you know, there's so many different channels and avenues in order to connect with people, especially over social media. So, mm-hmm. I mean, what, why is this a problem then? Or, or is it? Or do we have better means now that it's kind of not an, not an issue? Yeah, you really would think that with social media and the resources we have right now, that it wouldn't be something to even talk about, right? We're also socially connected through those avenues. And yet um, the levels of depression are going up even higher. In fact, now, right now, during uh, this time of a lot of social distancing, the levels of depression are going up even higher than normal. So obviously this is not um, filling that that gap that we have um, in loneliness, in separation from people. 
So it's important to talk about it because it's not just this intangible thing about feeling lonely. Um, there's some research done by a UCLA professor named Steve, Dr. Steve Cole, that shows that the genes impacted by your loneliness are also the ones that code for immune function and um, inflammation. So literally, when you're feeling lonelier, you're less able to recover from disease, your inflammation in your body goes up. So there's inflammatory markers in your body go up. Um, so having the ability to address your uh, loneliness or isolation is, is very important to your overall well-being. And there are ways that we can address that. So using uh, social media, it might be a great way to do that, but also just um, connecting in other ways that you find um, feasible. So it might be reaching out to neighbors or connecting with people in a more face-to-face -face avenue if you can, if that's possible, you know, outdoors and you're keeping yourself distance. But I really love the distinction between physical distance and social distancing uh, because what we're trying to ask people to do is to physically distance themselves. And I think that jargon has gotten blended together and people now feel like they can't necessarily um, talk to or see or, or be around people because they're trying to physically distance themselves. Uh, and so, you know, going back in and really thinking about how do I maintain this physical distance but still connect with people is crucial. I think that's a great point that you just made. So you can still be social in, in people's presence, but not physically close to them. Mm -hmm. And so I think folks, you know, do, you know, assume social media. Um, and so when you just use that as a tool versus the only mo, you know, the only means of communication, that's going to be really important because there can be um, um, some other issues, right? If you're only depending on social media um, that right. can come into play. People just don't get the same level of interaction. You know, if you've ever sent a text to someone or you've commented on something on their social media page and it gets misinterpreted, um, there obviously is a level of misinterpretation that goes along with those things because you can't see someone's face. You don't know what their body language is saying as they're communicating to you through these avenues. So finding ways to connect with people in a way that you can see the other person or um, talk to them on a one-on-one -on -one, uh, basis, even just picking up the phone or writing a letter. Um, but there's also non-traditional ways to do it as well. Um, but I think the key is, uh, is the feeling that you get um, by connecting with people. There's um, Dr. Emma Sapala is a researcher and she made a commentary from Stanford Medical. And she mentioned that uh, connectedness is something that you feel internally. So if you've ever been, and she uses this example, if you've ever been in a room with a ton of people and felt alone, or if you've ever uh, you know, been by yourself, but still felt very fulfilled and known that there are people you can reach out to, it's really just a, an internal subjective understanding of your, um, your perception of whether or not you feel isolated. And there, there are ways that you can combat that feeling of isolation. And one of them is by giving back, which so sounds kind of crazy. You know, you're feeling needy, but you're, you're giving of yourself. But there's a lot of research that shows by giving back or doing something for somebody else, either in a micro scale, like for a single individual, say your neighbor needs their newspaper walked up to their front door um, or hand connecting with them then, or in a larger scale, like, um, 
volunteering, doing something through uh, another avenue and, and being able to connect to a, a larger purpose. So, you know, you've, you've given a few examples um, of how we can help. What happens though when we lose that initial connection to others? How do we either, you know, grow that relationship back? Can you kind of dive in to <laughs> some thoughts that you have? Yeah. So when you lose that sense of connectedness, it can increase your levels of anxiety, depression. It's shown to increase violence. Um, and so when you get that connectedness back, you demonstrate um, more empathy. You have a higher level of self-esteem. You're more trust trusting, more cooperative. And so it is really important and crucial to foster that level of connectedness to reach out to someone. And often it's something simple like um, having a real conversation with someone. And part of that, that, that conversing with someone requires you to be open. Um, Brene Brown has said it really nicely. She said, being vulnerable opens you up for deeper connections. And so it's that willingness to connect, to, to let someone know your authentic self. And when you do, you're allowing um, them to connect with you on a deeper level, which really fosters strong bonds between people. There was some research um, from a study back in, uh, I think it was 2004, that showed about one in four Americans claim that they have zero close friends and they defined close friends as someone you could confide in if you had a personal problem. Um, so it is something that's relevant. It's something that you need to be able to connect with people on that lower level or that deeper level, I should say. And when you do, um, you're able to kind of bridge that from feeling separated from someone or feeling disconnected to feeling a greater sense of purpose and connectedness with, with them. When you're doing that, you're fostering a community. Even if that community is just you two right then, uh, you're starting to build those, those foundational blocks. That is great. So do you have any key ideas on how we can um, promote social wellness? So, you know, we have these relationships built. How do we sustain them as well? That's a really good question because it does differ for everyone, right? I mean, we all foster relationships in different ways, but again, really being authentic uh, is a great way to foster a relationship. We all look at other people's uh, Facebook pages and we think, oh, this must be their life. And, and you know, research has shown that those are really curated micro snapshots of someone's life. It's the, the life that they want you to know. And culture, cultivating, these relationships requires you to say, I'm not perfect all the time. I do have foibles. I make mistakes. Um, I'm scared. I have these concerns. So it's sharing with people on a deeper level that really helps foster connectedness. Um, and just doing things like sharing interests, sharing ideas. Uh, Dan Butner has done a study about uh, blue zones and people who live the longest. Blue zones are the areas across the world that he uh, has identified as having the greatest uh, rates of longevity. And he noted that these places really had strong relationships, strong connectedness, and they did things together. And so right now it's hard to do things with other people, but it isn't impossible. You know, we can be outside and go for a hike and stay six feet apart and be socially distant or physically distant and not socially distant, I should say. Uh, and you can, you know, meet up in, a, in an open space and wear masks 
You can um, connect with people by volunteering. You know, uh, Keeley Cares offers some great opportunities and a lot of other organizations offer um, opportunities to volunteer as well. So, you know, connecting with people in a way that feels good to you and when you can share a common, um, a common goal, it's a really good way to connect. Well, this has all been great advice. I really appreciate your insight. You know, you've mentioned um, some additional, you know, research as well that um, can provide us with some additional information. So I appreciate that. Thanks again, seriously, for your candidness. And um, like I said, just for your your take on, on the subject. I know that a lot of people are going to have a lot of great takeaways. So thank you, Melissa. Absolutely. I love to talk about it. And I hope you have a wonderful afternoon. You too. So this ends uh, today's today's podcast. Until next time.